Are you ready to take your financial advisory firm to the next level? Get a realistic approach to making your business successful, innovative, and client-centered with insights from a creative marketer and results-oriented business consultant. Welcome to the Insights for Financial Advisors podcast with your host, Crystal Lee Butler. Welcome to Insights for Financial Advisors. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Butler, owner of Crystal Marketing Solutions. And with me is this season's co-host, Dr. Jack Singer professional psychologist, speaker, and the author of The Financial Advisor's Ultimate Stress Mastery Guide. Let's welcome Dr. Jack Singer. Crystal, you know, it's really a treat and an honor for me to be able to be with you on these podcasts because what you're doing for financial professionals is extremely important. And I'm hoping that the little value that I add here will make your situation with them even better than it is already. So thank you very much for welcoming me. And today's topic uh, is how to choose the ideal client. So I've, I've listed really five steps that people can use in terms of determining the ideal client. And if you do these five steps, then it'll make your life a lot simpler. You see, in my book, The Financial Advisor's Ultimate Stress Mastery Guide, I really talk about toxic clients, and that means people who have a toxic personality. It's very hard for even a psychologist to determine that when you first meet people, but it's important for all financial advisors to be aware of these personality traits so that little warning signs may crop up. So step number one in choosing the ideal client is really defining your focus and your value. What are your core investing values? In other words, do you believe in investing in high-quality, dividend-paying um, equities, or do you have other uh, core values? It's important that you understand your core values and you stick to those core values because, frankly, you will get clients who will try to modify your values according to their needs. That can cause stress, so it's important for you to decide if that kind of client is going to be appropriate for your business. So once you understand your core values, you can then in your initial interviews with potential clients, determine if they're flexible, you wanna determine if they're pleasant to work with, you wanna determine if they're going to put their wealth management in your hands and trust you. So this is very important and important to know that they'll go along with your suggestions. Certainly when you're talking with a prospective client, you can point out that you're interested in their point of view, you're interested in their objectives, you're interested in what they have to say, but you need to also tell them you have core values and that's why they were referred to you in the first place. Those core values have worked for you for X number of years uh, and that's the system within which you operate. Secondly, how do you identify and define the ideal client? Well, there are a lot of personality traits that I mentioned earlier that we can look at, some of which make for great clients and some of which make for difficult clients, which I refer to as toxic personalities. Great traits are flexibility. Great traits are assertiveness from a client rather than aggressiveness from a client. If a client or prospective client is talking to you about experiences they've had with other advisors, say they're changing advisors and looking to see who they want to change to, it's important for you to find out as much as you can about their experience with that advisor. If they tell you something like, uh, I told him he can't do this and he did it anyway, 
uh, that gives you a little hint about their personality. Are these people aggressive? Are they going to cause aggravation for you? On the other hand, there's another personality trait that's quite the opposite that may also be difficult for you. Do you sense that this client will depend on you to make every single decision for him or her, where they, where they will be afraid to tell you that they're not comfortable with that, where they'll be afraid to point out to you what they want and what they don't want? Perhaps as they relate to you the old advisor they had, they may share that with you, that I was uncomfortable telling this person what I wanted because I was afraid he'd get angry at me or she would get angry at me. So this is the what we call the disease to please personality. These are people who constantly want to say what they think you want them to hear because they avoid confrontations. Those folks are not as threatening as the aggressive ones, but nevertheless, they're difficult to work with because you never quite know where they're coming from. Other personality traits that you want to steer clear from. Narcissistic personalities are people who are so wrapped up in themselves uh, that they don't consider that you have other clients, that they look at you as being the only, them as being the only client you have. And they really want to tie you up in terms of demanding to speak to you um, and things like that. So what, how can you determine if someone may have that kind of personality? Again, ask key questions uh, about what their experience has been with other brokers or, or advisors. For example, ask them, did they ever really need to speak to their advisor and the advisor was busy? How did they handle that? If they say something like, I demanded that the assistant put me through, that's a warning sign. If they said, well, I knew I could wait because he has other clients, that's a good sign. So these are very practical things that you can do to try to sense what kind of person you're dealing with. And I love this um, as well. It's something that I've encouraged my clients to do. But even after now six years in business, I have just defined my ideal client and actually have a worksheet that I use when I'm meeting with prospects myself. And this has just been so helpful. Um, and one thing um, when you do define your ideal client is to keep in mind, this is your ideal client. Not everybody is going to meet meet every single parameter, but it's making sure you're um, taking a look at these, um, the list of what you've listed out and checking for those really those red flags and making sure if those red flags do pop up that that might not be the best relationship. Exactly, exactly. And it is red flags. You know, what happens with a lot of advisors, Crystal, is they're so anxious for the business and to bring more clients into their practice that they psychologically ignore the red flags. It's like that's a conflict for them. Exactly. And I'm telling them that this person or people may cause so much stress for you that it's not worth whatever money they're bringing into your practice because your life will never be the same. Exactly. Um, another type of client that would be difficult is somebody, I call it the OCD client, the client that is so obsessed with every detail. They look at the market every single day. They say, why did my uh, portfolio lose $2,000 today? How come you didn't know this was going to happen? You've got to stay away from these kinds of people who expect you to be a magician and be able to predict exactly what the market will do and criticize you if anything goes down. And then there's the high-maintenance client, uh, the client who... Perhaps, let me just use a stereotypical example. Let's say there's a widow or a widower, and that person's spouse had handled all the financial stuff before, 
and now they don't really know anything because the spouse never shared anything with them, and they're depending on you to do everything. That may be okay with you, but it also may be very, very time-consuming. So we want to really be careful about that. One more that I would point out out of the 10 that I list in my book is what I call the Eddie Haskell. Now, Crystal, you're too young to remember this, but there used to be a series in the 60s on TV called Leave It to Beaver. And in Leave It to Beaver, there was a guy named Eddie Haskell who was always smiling at people's face while he stabbed them in the back. And the Eddie Haskell is somebody who you never quite know where he's coming from, but he's out to disrupt you and to make sure uh, that you're not going to get an, an edge on him. So uh, somebody who may tell you that they cleverly did this and that to this person or to their last advisor, that would be a major red flag because, remember, people aren't going to change because you became their advisor. They're going to continue the same habits they were using before. And, you know, this brings the question of, well, what if someone really wants me to be their advisor and I've got these red flags and I don't want to do it? Well, that's the point at which you have to assertively say, you know, because of my core values and because of my sense of uh, what kind of relationship we'll have, I think there's probably someone who would be much better for you than me. And you can either refer them to another firm that you've spoken to ahead of time who'd be willing to take your referrals or just ask them to go back to their accountant or someone and get a referral for another, um, another group. That may be a little uncomfortable for you, but it's much more important than putting up with this and, yes. and what you'll have to deal with along the way. A third step, look at your existing clients and look for personality traits that may be toxic among your existing clients. Um, think about the last time you came home from work and complained to your spouse or maybe a colleague about a certain client. What was it about that client you were complaining about? Most likely, it was a toxic personality. And you have to decide, is it really worth whatever money they bring to me in my fees to keep this personality where I'm under stress whenever my assistant says that person's on the phone, where I'm under stress when the market goes down and I know it's only a matter of time before that person calls me, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I like people to, um, to give themselves a birthday present every year. Uh, you can really do it on your birthday. And it's called getting rid of pain in the neck patients and uh, clients. I mean, not patients. I'm thinking of my psychology practice. Getting rid of pain in the neck clients. Um, and that's the best birthday present you can ever give yourself. It can be done with a letter. It can be done in person. It can be done with both. But in either case, you're certainly happy to refer them on. You're not just abandoning them. But at this point, it doesn't make sense to continue the relationship. Now, a lot of clients get stunned by that, but it doesn't matter. I can't tell you how many advisors have told me they felt such a huge weight lifted from their shoulders that it was worth the discomfort that they had to go through to do it. And it's great because your birthday obviously is an annual thing, and that means every year you're evaluating your client base and offloading somebody, so um, right. if need be. So it's a great indicator. Right. Uh, the last step that I would mention, and some advisor groups uh, that I mentor have started doing this, there are a variety of personality tests that are simple and uh, that can be given as part of an onboarding kind of process uh, as an advisor is considering a client. Uh, and you can actually get these things scored so that you have some kind of a flavor for what that personality traits are and use that 
objective data in making your decision. So, you know, there are any number of personality uh, measures that are short, that are simple, but valid and effective. And you can do a little research or you can contact me and I'll share some of that with you so that you can actually hand a questionnaire along with other identifying information to a prospective client and then use that data in your, um, in your decision making along with the data you gather from interviewing uh, that client and his or her spouse. So that would be the five steps of selecting and maintaining ideal clients. Thanks, Jack. Um, that was very helpful. Um, thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure, and it's a pleasure doing the entire series with you, uh, Crystal, and I can't wait for the next one. Thanks for listening to the Insights for Financial Advisors podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate the podcast on your favorite podcast app. For more insights, tips, and resources, visit insightsforfinancialadvisors.com today.